Welcome, and thank you for stopping by Biker Church, Wiley, Texas. Let's go on in and see what J.R. Franklin has to teach us today. Let's go to the Lord, first off, before I get yelled at. Dear Heavenly Father, God, thank you for this time we have to come together in the house of the Lord this morning. I ask that you open our ears that we may see, hear and our eyes that we may see. Bring comfort to our lives, bring comfort to our bodies, bring peace to us, bring healing, bring everything that God has for us, all the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Let them flow, let them be here today. Let us have a joyful time in the house of the Lord this morning. Everybody agree, says? Amen. Amen. All right. Let's get started. Let's get busy. Go to Luke 28. I'm sorry, Luke 8. I'm going farther than I wanted to go. Luke 8, verse 26 is what we're going to read from. Bring you back up to speed a little bit of where we were. Uh, This is kind of a, I know this is weird. I'm doing a series type thing, which I never do, but God has laid this on my heart that we needed to finish this up. We were, last week we were talking about when they got in the boat and they went, Jesus told them to get in the boat and go to the other side. Y'all remember that? And halfway across, they got into a storm and we all know what happened. Jesus calmed the storm and everybody was happy, right? All right, they had to wake him up to do it, but they understood it and he questioned their faith. And he went on down to 26 and they sailed to the country of Gladrinus, which is opposite of Galilee. And when they stepped out of the, onto the land, there met him a certain man from the city who had demons of all time, for a long time. And he wore no clothes, nor did he live in a house, but in the tombs. When he saw Jesus, he cried out, fell down before him, and with a loud voice said, What have I to do with you? Jesus, Son of the Most High God, I beg you, do not torment me. For he had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man, for it had often seized him, and he was kept under guard, bound with chains and shackles, and he broke the bonds and was driven by the demon into the wilderness. Jesus asked him, saying, What is your name? And he said, Legion because many demons had entered him, and they begged him that he would not condemn them to go into the abyss. Now, a herd of many swine was feeding there on the mountain, so they begged him that he would permit them to enter them, and he permitted them. Then the demons went out of the man and entered into the swine, and the herd ran violently down the steep place into the lake and drowned. Then those who fed them saw what had happened. They fled and told it in the city and in the country. Then they went out to see what had happened and came to Jesus and found the man from whom the demons had departed sitting at the feet of Jesus, closed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. They also, who had seen it, told them, By what means he who had demon-possessed was healed. Then the whole multitude of the surrounding region of the Gladarus, however you say that word, asked him to depart from them, for they were seized with great fear. 
and he got into the boat and returned. Now the man from whom the demon had departed begged him that he might be with him. But Jesus said to him, Go away, saying, Return to your own house and tell what great things God has done for you. And he went on his way and proclaimed throughout the whole city what great things Jesus had done for him. Do y'all see something in here? What do you see in this? That last little passage there where it says, Return to your own home house and tell what great things has God, God done for you. How many of y'all, how many of y'all in this room feel like you're not equipped to go witness about God? Come on. Be honest about it. How many of you really feel like you're not equipped to go talk to somebody about God? What did Jesus tell the man to do? He said, go to your home and tell the people what God did for you. Do you got to know Scripture to do that? Do you got to have an understanding of the Word of God to understand what He's telling you? He said, go to your place. Go to your house. Go to your town. Go to your school. Go to your job. Go to where you go and tell people what Jesus did for you. What is the greatest testimony in the world? Yours. What God has done for you is the greatest thing that can happen. Don't pay attention to them back there. Listen to me. We've got to understand this. It's not about how much Scripture we know. It's not about how learned we are. It's not about all the, the frills and the thrills. It's about what God does for you. Where did God bring you out of? What did God bring you to? What does God help you get through? The Bible is a great tool, guys. I'm not knocking the Bible. Do not go out of here saying, J.R. said we don't have to learn the Bible. Yeah, you better learn it. But I'm telling you this because the Bible said, go and tell your story of what God said. The greatest thing, I can debate the Bible with you. We can take Scripture and debate it all day long, right? We can argue about what it means, what it says. We can argue religion with each other all day long, right? This religion believes this, this religion believes... But can you argue, can they argue with you about your life? What God did in your life cannot be argued. If it's truth, it cannot be argued. And if you're telling the story about your life, it better be the truth. So, why did Jesus tell him to go and tell his story? It's the truth, first off. And everybody that knew the man, when he was running around naked all over town, causing havoc and trauma, don't you think they knew him? And now he's fully clothed in his right mind, and they're asking, what happened to you? How did that happen to you? I met a man named Jesus. And Jesus got into my life. Jesus got into my heart. And I started living for Him. And I'm following what He teaches. And this is what He says to do. That's your story, isn't it? Stick to it. 
Quit trying to be theology. Quit trying to be all religious and all whatever you want to call it. Stick to your story. How many people will you reach? You know, there's some preachers out there, and God, I love every one of you guys. I love you preachers. I love these guys that can put on $500 shoes and $500 suits and wear ties and cut their hair off and shave their face and, and look like typical preachers. I love you guys. But I'm not you. I'm me. I'm a T-shirt wearing, tennis shoe wearing, blue jeans, and I talk the way I talk. I read the way I read, and I got tattoos on me, and I am who I am, and God chose me to do a job that can reach people that you will never get in touch with. You have a purpose in your life that God sets you on. Drug addicts, alcoholics, non-drug addicts, non-alcoholics, all of you people in this room had a life that God gave you for a purpose. Purpose is to serve Him. And when He taps into you and says, go tell my story, what's He want you to tell? Does He want you to go tell JR's story? Does He want you to go tell Tim's story? He wants you to go tell Norman's story, Diane's story, Eva's story, Michael's story. He wants you to tell what God did for you, not what He did for everybody else. And if you share that with somebody that's in the same shape you were in, they're going to listen to you. Because they need something that we have. They need something that we have. And everybody thinks it's faith, right? Everybody thinks it's faith. Yes, they need faith in Christ. But the one thing they need more than anything else is hope. They need hope. A drug addict does not need to hear about a lot of theological stuff. A drug addict don't want to hear about a lot of Christianity stuff. They want to hear something that's going to get them out of where they're at to give them hope of winning this war. My greatest tool that I have is Jesus Christ in my life. You hear what I said? My greatest tool is Jesus Christ in my life. What did Jesus do for me? What has He done for me? He's still doing it, guys. Last year I had COVID, pneumonia. Where am I today? Standing in the middle of the room preaching to you guys. I've had nine heart attacks. Two of them were widowmakers in the same day. Why am I still here? Because God has a purpose for my life. He has something for me to do. And my job is to teach you what Jesus did for me. Jesus saved my life two times in an hour to keep me going to preach the Word of God. Do I have any right not to do it? I don't have a right to stand up here and say, I ain't doing that because I don't think people like me. I don't care if you like me, but you better love Jesus. You better love the Jesus in me. Oh, yeah, I'm bullheaded. Some of y'all know that. I'm temperamental. Y'all know that. But you better know this. I also walk with God. Every day of my life, I do something for God. Charlie was telling me a story about a street preacher out there at a pro-life thing condemning people. Y'all are, y'all are not living up to your religious beliefs. Blah, 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 blah. Charlie said not one time in the whole time he heard him talking did he say one thing about God or Jesus. 
If you're going to preach to somebody about what they're doing, you better put some Jesus in it because you ain't qualified, capable, or good enough to stand before anybody and talk to them about life. The Jesus in you is what gives you that right. You don't have a right to condemn somebody. Oh, listen to me now. You don't have a right to condemn nobody. But your testimony in your life can sure convict them. Do you hear what I said? Your testimony in your life can sure convict others. Because what is conviction for? To point out your faults. And what is the hope in that? That you change who you are and what you are. But if you don't show somebody how to do it, how are they going to know? How are they going to know? Oh, but the Bible says, trust in me and all things are possible. They don't know that. They've never experienced that. They've never had an opportunity to see God work. But you have. And if you share what happened to you, they're going to get to see what happened to you. And that gives them that word again. Hope. Hope. You know, I got faith in Jesus. Yes, I believe in Jesus Christ. I believe He's my Lord and Savior. Yes, I believe that He died on that cross for my sins. But without hope in my life, what good is that faith going to do me? And when I build my hope up, I got faith. Ooh, I'm fixing to preach. Y'all ready? I've got faith. Now I built my hope up. Now what flows out of hope and faith? Love. My love for you will come shining out once I develop my own faith and my own hope to share my story with other people. Am I talking to y'all today? Are you hearing what I'm saying? The book up here tells a story. Last week it was pointed out to me, and I kind of missed it, okay? Somebody in this room pointed out to me something in that Scripture that really rings true. Jesus didn't tell the disciples get in the boat and go halfway and get scared in the storm, did he? What did he tell them to do? He said, get in the boat and go to the other side. If they'd have gotten the boat and just kept on going, what would have happened? They'd have made it, wouldn't they? That storm wasn't going to drown them. That storm wasn't going to sink them. That storm wasn't going to do anything to them because something happened in that day that they don't realize. God was still with them, wasn't he, Michael? Jesus was in that boat. He was in the boat even though he was asleep. He was still in that boat. His strength and his power, his blessing was still in that boat. And until they stopped him and said, Oh my God, we're going to die. He woke up and said, Where is your faith? You have a little faith. Where's your faith? How many times y'all feel like sometimes Jesus is sleeping in your life? Come on. How many times do you feel like Jesus is asleep in your life and he don't know what's going on? If you don't feel it today, you will sometime. If you haven't felt it yet, you will feel it sometime where you feel like Jesus is asleep and he's not really paying attention to what's going on. Let me assure you of something. When Jesus stepped in that boat, Jesus knew before he got in that boat the storm was coming. He didn't say, y'all... Y'all get ready to wake me up here in a little while when the storm gets too bad. Matter of fact, he kind of scolded them for waking him up, didn't he? 
Are y'all getting something in this? We know that Jesus is there. And we know that Jesus is powerful. We know we can do all, do all things through Christ who strengthens us. But he better be awake. He better be on his toes. And he better be talking to me the whole time. I'll tell you something, sometimes Jesus just shuts up to see what you'll do. Hmm. Jesus just shuts up and sees what you're going to do. So what do you do when Jesus is quiet? What do you do when Jesus is quiet? Let me tell you what you do when Jesus is quiet. Y'all ready? Here we go. Get ready. Write this down if you have to. Return to your own home and tell what great things God has done for you. It don't matter if Jesus is asleep or not. He's still your God. He's still in charge. He's still the Lord and Savior. And He still has the power to heal. He still has the power to protect. He still has the power to get you through it. And you can get through it through faith in Him, not because of His presence. He ain't on this world with us, is He? Oh, y'all better watch out. <laughs> y'all better watch out. If, if Jesus ain't with you today, you better get up to these altars real quick. You better come on up here and start praying because God is always with you. He will never forsake you or leave you. Even if He's asleep, He's still there. Diane said it. Y'all heard Diane? Did y'all hear what Diane said? He may be asleep, but He never slumbers. He may have been asleep in that boat, but He was still wide awake in the Spirit. Jesus' physical body was flesh, wasn't it? He had to take a nap every once in a while, didn't he? But Jesus is alive on the throne today. Is he alive today? Does he live in your heart? Is he capable of doing whatever you need done? Then why are you so miserable? Why are you so down? Why ain't you walking around with smiles on your faces and joy in your heart, words coming out of your mouth about what Jesus did for you? Don't matter what you did, does it? Does it matter where you come from? Does it matter what garbage you were in when he found you? It doesn't matter, does it? What matters is he's there with you right now. Right? So don't wake him up to bother him when he's asleep. Let him rest. Because y'all know y'all. Y'all will wear a good man out. I'm telling you, y'all will wear a good man out. Y'all will make a good man do things he don't want to do. playing y'all know i'm playing i'm telling you facts though you will wear god out and if if god did draw back from you some of you and sometimes if god did pull away and say i'm done i've done all i can do you ain't getting it could you blame him but he won't because see jr may fail you listen to me J.R. may let you down. J.R. may not tell you what you want to hear. But God is always going to tell you what you need to hear. He's always going to be there. And He's always going to be poking at you. He's always going to be prodding at you. He's always going to be changing things around you to make you do what He wants you to do. Amen? Are you ready today? Have you accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior? You know for a fact that if you take your last breath today, you'll take your next one in heaven. You do?
Do you know that you're obedient to God every day? If you just said yes to that, you're in trouble. Because if you remember back when that other part of the story that I was telling y'all last week, when you wake Jesus up, what's the first thing he's going to say to you? Where is your faith? When you have to call on him to really wake him up, get his attention, where's your faith? Where's your belief at? Do you believe in Christ today? Do you trust him in everything you do? Do you believe that he's in charge of all of it? And why are you walking around with your face all hanging down and I'm so long. My kids are driving me crazy. My coffee pot quit working. My, my day quit running out. I just can't figure out what I'm going to do. <laughs> Leave the coffee pot out, buddy. Said <laughs> you got to have a backup, buddy. My my grandma used to have one of them old metal coffee pots that you put on the stove. Now it wasn't no percolator. They didn't have no percolator. It was a metal pot. She set it on top of the wood stove, took the grid off the stove right on the fire, set the pot on there, and she boiled coffee. <laughs> Oh, we ain't going there. We ain't going there. Starbucks, McDonald's, 7-Eleven, all those other places that we can go get a fix. We can go to Shoemaker and Hard up there and Wilder. We go all over the place, can't we? Can I tell you something, though? Y'all just gave me a tool. See, I can go anywhere and get a cup of coffee, can't I? But where I get Jesus at? Right here in my heart. I don't have to go hunting for him, do I? I don't have to plug him in. I don't have to set the timer. I don't have to get up, stomp my toe, going through the bathroom, through the bedroom door, run over the clothes I laid in the floor and trip. I ain't got to do all that, do I? All I got to do is just open my eyes and say, thank you, Lord, for being here. Thank you, Jesus. Well, I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to share one more thing with you, and I'm going to start closing. When he told this man to go into the, his home and spread the word, what do you mean to do? Go tell everybody what, what Christ did for you. Go tell people what Christ did for you today. Oh, but Jr. They don't like me that much, and they don't. They don't act like they care about me, and they don't. They don't. They don't. They don't. Quit saying they. Maybe you say. Maybe you ought to be saying I don't care, or maybe I don't want to share the word, or maybe I don't want to go through the hassle of it, or maybe I don't want to do this, or maybe I. I... It's not about you, boo boo. So suck it up, buttercup, and get on about your job. Get on about your job. How many times in the Bible is Jesus going to have to tell us, go out there in the world and tell my story? How many times is he going to have to tell you? Oh, but J.R., I, I ain't got enough knowledge of the Bible. Welcome to Wiley Biker Church, Wiley, Texas. There is a Bible study on Tuesday night. There's a Bible study on Wednesday night, Thursday night, Friday night, 
Saturday morning for the women folk to come in once or twice a month, and there's Sunday school every Sunday morning, and there's two services on Sunday. You don't know nothing about the Bible. You don't know nothing about God. Get off your duff. Get off your couch. Get out of your car. Get off your motorcycle. Get out of that bar. Get out of that nightclub. Get out of them places and come and find out about Jesus in the house of God where the preacher tells the truth and the deacons are there to back him up and the teachers teach the truth. You don't need nothing else. Come and find out what God's got for you. Hallelujah. You are your own problem. You are your own problem. It ain't about what J.R. thinks about you. You should not really care what I think about you. What I need to think about you is how much time are you putting into God? You want me to be your best friend in the whole world? Go share God with me. Go out there and share God. Go testify about what Jesus did in your life. And go bring somebody to Bible study. Go bring somebody to church with you. Oh, but yeah, I talk to a thousand people a week. Good. Go talk to 2,000. Because that thousand you talk to ain't here. Oh. Ooh. Or maybe you didn't talk to them in the right way. Maybe you insinuated they needed Jesus. Hmm? Maybe you hurt their feelings a little bit because you were trying to act holier than thou. Or maybe you were trying to impress them with your knowledge of the Bible instead of telling them your story. He didn't tell that man to go out and talk about all the great things Christ did, did he? He said, go tell him what, you, what I did for you. Told y'all I was going to try to close, didn't I? I tried. God ain't done with y'all yet. <laughs> God ain't done with all of us yet because there's still a story to tell. And it's your story to tell other people. It's your time to go out there and do what you got to do. Jesus didn't tell him to go home, take a vacation for three weeks and go out and do this, go fishing, go play football, go do whatever he said do. He said, go and tell your story. Can you tell your story while you're fishing? <laughs> Let me tell you something. Last night, I'm going to tell you this story, and then I'm going to go, Tim was there, Lily was there. They saw it happening. There was a lady that's been around us for two years now at the racetrack. She sits there every, every week. And she was showing me her ankles last night where she's got this big puffy knot on her ankle. And she was telling me her chest was hurting a little bit yesterday. And she had this really weird feeling. And I said, well, did you go to the doctor? She said, no, I didn't go. But preacher, you ought to know, Jesus is going to take care of you. Jesus will take care of it. It's okay. I don't need to go to the doctor. I told her a little story, and I'm going to tell you all the story. Y'all have heard it before. I've told it in here many times. It's about the three boats. Y'all ever heard that story? Okay, I'm going to tell it to you. There was a flood come down there in Mississippi, down in the Delta, in the valley down there. If y'all ever been down in that part of the country, when the flood comes, it gets bad. Well, the flood came, and the water got up to the porch. People from town came out in rowboats to the people out in the outlying area. They came to this little lady's house, and they said, Ma'am, you need to get on the boat with us and go into town. 
what was that nice, polite, religious lady said, God will take care of me. It'll be all right. I don't need to go. Well, they left. A few days later, here comes a motorboat. The water's up to the door. They said, ma'am, you need to get in the boat and go to town with us. The water's going to come. Oh, I'm okay. God will provide for me. God will take care of me. God will watch over me. They left. A couple of days later, the water's up over the door, up to the roof line. She's standing on top of the house. National Guard sends out helicopters, and they call down on the speaker, ma'am, we're going to send down a harness for you to get in and go to town. Oh, don't worry about it. I'm okay. God's going to take care of me. And they begged her and begged her and begged her, and she wouldn't get in the, she wouldn't get in the harness. She wouldn't do it. She, God's going to take care of me. Well, the helicopter flew off. Well, y'all know the next phase, right? The water went over the top of the house, and she drowned and died. And she's standing in heaven. She was with God. She believed in Jesus. So she went to heaven. But she was mad at an old wet hen. And if y'all have hens and they get wet, you know how mad they can get. She was mad. She went up to Jesus said, I don't understand, God. I trusted you. You told me you would never forsake me or leave me, that you would always be there to take care of me. And he said, ma'am, what are you so mad about? He, she said, I drowned it because you didn't help me. He said, oh, wait a minute. Let's go back to day one. You remember the guy in the canoe that rode up and told you to get in the boat? I seen him. Remember the next day when the speedboat came by and you wouldn't get in the boat? I seen him too. You remember the day the helicopter came and told you to get in the boat? I sent them too. So you didn't get in. I provided you a way out. But you didn't use it. So why are you blaming me for your stupidity? Why are you blaming me for your stupidity? How many times do we do that with God? How many times do we depend on God to take care of us and when he sends the help, we don't use it? We don't get in the boat. How many times does that happen in your life? Come on. So yes, trust in God. But don't be too hard-headed to listen when He answers you. And when He tells you to do something, do it. When He tells you to get in the boat, what do you better do? <laughs> if He tells you to get in the helicopter, what would you better do? What's going to happen if you don't? You're going to meet Jesus on a whole new level. Now, why did I tell you all that story? Because last night, that girl, that lady, she needed something else in her life besides somebody to talk to her about her health. She needed to talk to somebody about her God. She needed somebody to share God with her. Use what you have. Use what you know to share God. Does it have to be theological correct? Does it have to be religiously correct? It better be the Word of God, though. And what better testimony of the Word of God is there? Who in your life has the best testimony about what God has done? Yourself. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Dear Heavenly Father, I ask that you come into this place this morning. 
I ask that you bring the Holy Spirit down on us so hard and so heavy and so precise that he pricks the inner parts of our heart, that we realize that we need more Jesus in our life. We need more of the Son of God in us. And we need to give it out more than we ever did. Watch over us and keep us straight and keep us strong. But yet give us the knowledge and the courage to know that you will never forsake us or leave us. And even in the darkest storms and the highest winds and the most troubled times that we're in, let us keep our focus on who you are and what you are in our lives. And yes, God, we may have to wake you up sometimes to wake us up. Teach us how to trust you. Teach us how to have faith. Teach us how to use the tools that you give us. Father, just be with us as we go through the rest of the day, watching over us in everything we do. And let us be glory to the kingdom of God. Let us be... Let us be a light in the darkness to the people that need it. Show us how to do what you have us to do. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now I'm going to ask a question. Is everybody in this room, and I mean everybody in this room, are all of you in touch with God today? Are you where you need to be? Have you accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior? Are you living your life according to the Word of God? Are you doing what you need to be doing? If you're not, there's no better time than right now to get right with God. There's a time and a place for everything. And right now is your time and your place. No matter where you are in the sound of my voice, whether it's on television, radio, right here in this room, wherever you are right now, and you're here, you heard this Word, and it pricked something in your heart. That maybe you ain't right with God. Maybe you ain't living the way God called you. Maybe it's time to step up and improve your game. Step up and live your game the way God called us to. Go into the world and tell the story of Jesus. It's the greatest story ever told. It has the most impact on any life that could ever happen. And if they see it working in your life, guess what? They'll know it'll work in theirs. Okay? So if you need you need prayer this morning for anything, healing, finances, whatever it is, this portion of the service is for you. You ready? Get up and come on up here to these altars and pray. Whatever it is, whether it's salvation, whether it's a touch from God, whether it's a touch for healing, whether it's financial, whether it's family life, whatever it is, just get up come on up here. Because whatever you lay at the foot of the cross, you're putting at the foot of Jesus. And when you lay it down up here, do yourself a favor. Leave it there. And don't ever come back and pick it up again. Whatever it may be. Oh, J.R., I'm too embarrassed to get up and walk up there. I'll tell you something. Jesus wasn't embarrassed today. He climbed on that cross for you. He was not embarrassed to die for you. Are you embarrassed to serve him? It's up to you. Isn't it? We'll give you a couple minutes. Barb, turn that song up. That sounds pretty good. I don't know if it'll go out on Facebook or not, but it sounds good in here.
God dealing with you this morning? Is God talking to you right now? Is God telling you something you need to change in your life? Is God leading you to a new place today? Is God showing you a light in the dark that you needed? Let it take place this morning. Let God work in your life the way you should. Just keep praying. Just keep praying. Answer prayers, dear Lord. Answer their prayers as they pray them in your seats, Lord. Let life just continue around them. We got all the time in the world, guys. We ain't no hurry. Y'all just keep praying. Just keep praying. Keep asking that question, do I know Jesus? Do I really have Him in my heart? Do I really trust Him with everything? Will I go out and tell my story to others? Will I walk the walk that Jesus asked me to? Come on. Dear Heavenly Father God, you know every heart in this room, you know every heart in the sound of my voice. If anybody is going through something this morning, they need some extra help, they need extra push, whatever it is. Guys, there's a phone number on this website that you can call me and talk directly to me. There's a phone number, there's an email, there's a, what do you call that? Uh, email address that you can send messages to. There's people out there that you can just Facebook time with them, whatever you want to do. There's always a way to get in touch with somebody here. If you feel like you need to support this ministry, we need your help to keep this going. We need your help to build the kingdom of God. If you make a donation to PM, PSMM, which is Prodigal Sons Motorcycle Ministries, which is the founding person of this church, they support us. They do what we got to do. They help us provide us with a building. They provide us with all the stuff that we have here. We need your help. We need a donation. And again, if you send a check, write it to PSMM. 303 South Highway 78, Wiley, Texas, 75098. It's on there. You don't have to remember it. Just send us something if you can. But most of all, send us your, your requests. Send us your praise reports. Send us the things that matter to us most, and that is your salvation. You don't send any money? Great. But at least let us know that we're making an effect in your life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.